Hello and welcome to the last ARC Audio Book Club of 2017. And what a year it's been. We've read about bourgeois French suffering, oil spills, eating cults, hatred of the internet, even the Bible, and terrifying sexual escapades as well as other stuff too. And this time we're going to talk about Paul Beatty's award-winning novel, The Sellout. The Sellout tells the story of a black American man whose last name is Me. Mr. Me is an urban farmer in the disappearing town of Dickens in the sprawl of Los Angeles, where he was brought up by a father who was a frustrated philanderer, psychologist, and black rights activist, who was ultimately murdered by the LAPD. Years later, while running his farm, the elderly former child actor, Hominy, who's frustrated with the lack of clear organizing principles, decides he wants me to take him as a slave. This sets me on a road navigating black conservatism, identity, and the successes and failures of the civil rights movement, where he finds that real community cohesion can come from something as simple and as complicated as bringing segregation back to his fellow Dickensians. This winds up with the ever-baked me before the Supreme Court to answer for the crime of calling bullshit on the American dream. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking mic drop, dude! (laughs) Rich with references from hip-hop to post-punk, from social psychology to political philosophy, from bad TV to high literature, and littered with profanity, the sellout strings up the hypocrisy of both liberal and conservative responses to systemic racism, but in one of the most enjoyable books I've read this year. And with me to discuss it, we have, of course, Giovanna Alessandro. Hello. Sarah Omni. Hi. And Florica Hemington? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All set. <laughs> so, guys, this is a difficult book for us to talk about as a group of white people in Scandinavia. <laughs> in terms of identification, yes. And in terms of no thorough knowledge of American culture. (laughs) Yeah, and also in terms of um, feeling that you're kind of appropriating something by enjoying it. (laughs) Um, But I I, I was, you know, very impressed by the the way language works in this book. Does anyone Mm. want to speak to that? I don't think there's a bad page. I don't even think there is a bad sentence. Um, The whole book has the most amazing sentences and dialogues and it's so well written it's so well written and it's so well structured Mm -hmm. like every every sentence is both poetic and also a joke on the story and the author and the reader and the book and the thing that it continuously does is it tells you something Mm. and you think you like i follow i get this i get and then in the end it always twists it backwards so there is some kind of fucked upness going on that is just delivered very casually and you're what (laughs) 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 and it's and that what effect Mm. is just exacerbated by the fact that every other sentence is a run-on sentence that's like two paragraphs long yeah and every sentence is so dense Mm. and packed with information nothing is superfluous Mm. everything has meaning it's yeah and despite yeah, despite being run on sentences, it's clear and it rewards you throughout. Mm. It, all the little like punchlines throughout it before it builds to a final denouement. <laughs> in this book, it seems so smart, and you can't you can't really read it in the speed with which it feels at his as that has been uh, composed. Right, mm. it's it's way more slow because this book is so fast. It's so fast. Mm. It's kind of like almost reflecting at the narrator um, me. Uh, which is a great. I mean, we we did this earlier with like kind of weird um, pronouning of characters with uh, Staten Island, but whereas that's just an arbitrary you, oh, 
it's you. Yeah. But he's uh, also called Bong Bong. You bong bong sometimes. Yeah. But that's also not with no his name. You, never, you only get his last name and his nickname. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get his dad's uh, initials, FK me. <laughs> <laughs> And you only get that at the end, so it's just like <laughs> you know the character so well by then. Realize <laughs> he's gone through life, <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't. He couldn't have been called anything else. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, this is this book won the um, Man Booker Prize uh, last year. Um, it was the first American to win this prize, which is normally you know for gets given to British writers, I guess. Isn't it also the first funny book to win? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know that. Maybe it's true. I yeah. looked at a list. It's a lot of Hilary Mantel and oh, Kishu yeah. Ishiguro oh, and yeah. um, Life of Pi. So yeah, it's the first American book. First American writer. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, and it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because we we because so often, yeah, comedy gets dismissed as like some sort of crass or or, or, or basic thing, and this is like a book that's. And not serious yeah. literature. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas like the talent, the just the, the sheer talent that goes into this, like the skill and artistry yeah. and deftness, because it's also dealing with something that's so it's so difficult and fraught and there's so many like high, like tense feelings around it and you know, literally lives are at stake. Mm-hmm. Um and then the way that the way that he brings that crashing down through the humor and through also the humor letting you know that it's also very serious because that's how else can you respond to that kind of absurdity? Um it's I mean, we might just stop here, really. Because <laughs> yeah. We're going to say, just read this book. Um, you'll get everything you want out of it. Um, so we have this guy. Yeah. He has a fucked up childhood. Uh, he grows up in this, ag- what, rural, agrarian ghetto, it's called. Yeah, it's like... What it's, is that? It's like a, yeah urban farming yeah. allowance or something. But not not with hipsters, like an actual urban farming yeah. as literally as you can like a, like, like a hangover from before it was just engulfed in, in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And someone wants to wipe the city off the map, right? Because there's yeah. too much crime mm. in the city, so it's better for statistics if it doesn't if exist. If the city doesn't yeah. exist, which yeah. is a great way of dealing with crime. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and also what's wonderful about that is because it's this this um urban farming environment he's uh, basically collapsing a lot of the, like the narrative of black america into one location he's having yeah. both like the rural uh, experience of the south like you know pre uh, pre civil rights pre also civil war kind of experience into like the urban result of that of the kind of flight from the south into inhabiting the north which was relatively less racist um but yeah anyway that's not <laughs> but that's, yeah so yeah yeah that's a good point i didn't yeah. think of it like that i just thought of it because everything is so um absurd yeah. and yet realistic that sometimes uh he'd just write and then uh, i got on a horse and i rode off yeah, 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 <laughs> after yeah. he's like been talking about he's in the middle mm. of the city and i never thought of it like that that's a really good point but it's so intentional because he's like allowing him to make references to like having his dad make him pick cotton yeah mm-hmm. and sing while he sings songs while he sings songs and gets nostalgic apparently yeah. which is just no the, yeah the dad does he doesn't like yeah. picking cotton with his dad because the dad <laughs> becomes so nostalgic <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so it makes it yeah very like so it's in a very kind of philosophical way a deeply philosophical way it's saying about how present the past is in in the present mm-hmm. and how it's not not taken away just because it's uh because you say it is taken away yeah. because mm-hmm. now you technically have the rights of 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 everybody else doesn't mean you actually have them it means that you know the the weight of experience um bears on you and i guess that's also the 
the significant thing about the author as well. Like I, I've seen people talk about this book and saying directly to Paul Beattie that, oh, a white person couldn't have written this book. And it's like, no, well, a white person wouldn't have done it well. <laughs> you know, it's like the, it's the thing about identity. What really comes clear from this is it's identity is about experiences and experiences is what gives you the subtlety and mm. knowledge of how to use terms that you're saying a white person's not allowed to use. The reason they can't use it is because they're not very good at it, mm. really, mm. more than anything else, I think. Yeah. Because this is littered with the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> and and other N-word synonyms. Yes, creative and, and arcane and, ones. And from every continent in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you just got to pick which one really hits you at home yeah. and just replace the N-word with that one if you uh, are more partial. It's a, in that way, it's incredibly well-researched. <laughs> In every way, but I mean also that yeah. like international perspective on racism. <laughs> so one of the things that I like most about it with this relationship with his dad, mm-hmm. that I think is like the first third of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, we learn about how he grows up with this uh, single dad. The mother was a model or something like that. Yeah. Um, the and dad stalked her. Stalked her, yeah. And we don't know if they ever lived together. We know nothing mm. about her, right? Um But so his dad is a psychologist and performs these experiments on his son. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just going to read something to, like, give everyone a sense of what is happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's sort of long. I suppose if one takes into account the lack of an ethics committee to oversee my dad's child-rearing methodologies, the experiment started innocently enough. In the early part of the 20th century, the behaviorist Watson and Rayner, in an attempt to prove that fear was a learned behavior, exposed nine-month-old little Albert to neutral stimuli like white rats, monkeys, and sheaves of burned newsprint. Initially, the baby test subject was unperturbed by the series of simians, rodents, and flames, but after Watson repeatedly paired the rats with unconscionably loud noises, over time, little Albert developed a fear not only of white rats, but of all things furry. When I was seven months old, Pop placed objects like toy police cars, coal <laughs> cans of Pap's blue ribbon, Richard Nixon campaign buttons, and a copy of The Economist in my bassinet. But instead of conditioning me with a deafening clang, I learned to be afraid of the presented stimuli because they were accompanied by him taking out the family 38 special and firing several <laughs> window rattling rounds into the ceiling while shouting, Nigger, go back to Africa, loud enough to make himself heard over the quadrophobic... Protrophonic console, stereo blasting sweet home Alabama in the living room. (laughs) To this day, I've never been able to sit through even the most mundane TV crime drama. I have a strange affinity for Neil Young, and whenever I have trouble sleeping, I don't listen to recorded rainstorms or crashing waves, but to the Watergate tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful. And I mean, that also ties into what you were saying about the... Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you. It brings you back to your childhood. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, like what you were saying with Mm. the whole lived experience thing, uh, Mm. with the the landscape and the the city. Yeah. How he also embodies uh, that with with his dad's child-rearing practices, like all of these experiments. Like this is is one of the lighter ones, Mm. I think, probably. Mm. And all of these experiments are about uh, um, presenting me to uh, racist America and Mm. learning that America hates you and you Mm. should uh, Mm. be scared of white people and and 
you know, be happy that you're black and that you have a mm. nice black community. And they all fail horribly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's also a way of sort of getting that across the yeah. whole uh, black experience, <laughs> but in, in a very absurd and dramatic and scary way. Because I think what I think the, like the what the father figure really does is he's kind of like he plays this role in the story, also which then picked up later by um, his rival Foy Cheshire, <laughs> who is I guess like a kind of he's also like a like a failed version of Bill Cosby in some ways <laughs> as this kind of black conservative. Um, though yeah, his sexual behavior is not really noted, um, and it, it's it's like the father is. It's what racism makes is this kind of reaction where you're trying, where you just are so deformed in what you think you should do to fight this oppression and this sort mm. of negativity of experience. And you, it's like the damage of that just ends up begetting more damage yeah. in the response to it. Yeah, and that the response defines the person who's mm. uh, um, exposed to the racism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that I don't in, in all the experiments it kind of goes wrong with mm. me. Even like he, the, like he also says me that the only time he's insulted because of race, like that only happened once in his life when his father brought him to this white city mm. and everything just goes wrong. Like <laughs> nothing really like and, <laughs> and the, it's like I think that's the biggest failure because uh. like everything he thought would be happening didn't happen and and he leaves with a white woman, and then he actually like gets insulted by uh, because of race. But yeah. even yeah, sorry, no, <laughs> even that because that's one of my favorite parts of the book. Can I read a quote yep, from that? Because yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He the dad's about to leave with this white woman that they've made. Uh, he made he drove to this like rural part of for some reckless staring, wasn't it? Yeah, they, he he made him whistle at him, but he didn't know how to whistle because he hadn't gone to public school. He'd been homeschooled. <laughs> he wanted him to wolf whistle <laughs> and that fails so the dad goes up to her and this is what happens dad quickly whispered something in her ear handed me a five dollar bill said I'll be back and together they hurried into the car and tore down tore out down some dirt road leaving me to be lynched for his crime <laughs> is there a black buck Rebecca ain't fucked from here to Natchez well at least she knows what she likes your dumb peckerwood ass still ain't decided whether you like men or not I'm bisexual. I likes both. Ain't no such thing. You either is or you ain't. Man crush on Dale Earnhardt, my ass. <laughs> While the good old boys argued the merits and manifestations of sexuality, I, thankful to be alive, went inside the store for a soda. <laughs> and it's just like he's taken him out to the most rural place where you expect to be mm. shot for being exactly. on someone's property and, yeah. and they turn out to like have this... Gender conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, yeah, and then, so the way that it's always complicating any sort of stereotype, not even the stereotype of the racist is like, is like, well, you know, it's, oh, man, <laughs> I don't even know how to talk about this. It's so, it's so complexly done. It's so makes It's, it's just taste, such a good book. It's such, such a, a good, good book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it's never what you expect. Not even like from page to mm. page. Mm. You can't like mm. foretell what's going to happen yeah. at any point. Which is also and like, it yeah. keeps on being smarter than your any mm. expectations you might have for it. Yeah. it it's just better. <laughs> which is also like the strength of like of humor, which is a, which is under-recognized, as we were saying earlier, because it's humor does that. That's the mechanism by which it does that. It makes something unexpected happen. Mm -hmm. And if you put that into something which is like as sensitive and as as fraught as race 
and and what that means within culture and oppression and you make it the unexpected the case that can be yeah that can be revelatory about the complexity of experience and just yeah oh and also the fact that it is such a sensitive subject and it has potential to go so wrong yeah yeah, yeah. like just imagine if michelle welbeck tried to write this book (laughs) 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 i think um that kind of leads up to something i wanted to talk about um I think this book is a really useful contribution to conversations about political correctness. Mm. In what way? Because it is entirely politically incorrect, but I don't think it's a problem that it is so. Mm-mm. And I think that I think that there's something we to we can learn about how that issue gets simplified and flattened into um, just a very simple dynamic of that's prohibited, so you shan't say it. Shan't you shouldn't say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's actually more complicated than that. It's more about your ethical engagement with the topic mm. and your commitment to it and the detail with which you're going to go into it and how much you're going to invest in doing so. And I think that needs to be brought up when you talk about this kind of thing. So often it's like when people say, like, oh, political correctness is, is oppressive. It's like, because you don't want to do any fucking work. Yeah. Like, if you don't, you, don't, you want to make an insulting or kind of a, a, a problematic comment to highlight something, but you don't really want to think about it. You don't really want to target it properly. Mm-hmm. You don't want to structure your writing. Or is this is going like, well, I'm going to work on every sentence mm-hmm. so you know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing exactly what I think is hypocritical, what I think is bullshit, what I think is the liberal, you know, liberal hypocrisy, conservative hypocrisy. So and it's more like lazy versus hardworking. Yeah, yeah. I think political correctness is a problem when you just want to be lazy mm. and you and you want to not think about what you say. Yeah. Well, back. There's mm. a <laughs> there's a quote that illustrates that point. He's at a meeting. Mm. Uh, the dumb dumb donut intellectuals founded by his father founded by his father taken <laughs> over by Foy Cheshire who is this weird character because he seems like a satire now you called him um, conservative yeah but isn't he also a satire and these like well-meaning academics that if we take down mm. the oppressive statues at colleges mm. and um, all these things, then the world will be better. But I mean, it won't. He yeah. rewrites all these books and yeah. But I think um, it's, it's because he's like. I just read. Um, it's impre- like he's the image of like forcing history mm. or accelerating something into something mm. new. Not even accelerating, um, uh, re- redacting, like mm. just changing. He mm. changes all these uh, problematic books that are problematic because they are, are the racist. Yeah, They're yeah. from the past, a racist mm. past, mm. and he changes all the 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 title and the content mm. so that they don't. So that first of all, they aren't. They don't use any racist language, yeah. but that they yeah. also are uh, positively affirmative. If I that's... think that's so interesting because it's like it's the same story, but because it changes like little things, then it's another story. Like it's yeah. a whole new story. Like he makes his own past history. Or like, yeah. I the, think that's so interesting. This is the thing which is thing why it's conservative. Because I just read um, the uh, Tennessee Coates essay about Bill Cosby, which mm-hmm. is a weird essay, but it has this interesting point in it where he's saying that the conservatism of Bill Cosby is that it doesn't accept because it's like saying we were his thesis statement starts on the point of um, we're descended from African kings and Coates says no you're descended from slaves and that's an important distinction because like you can't skip over that slavery step mm-hmm. because that changes the character of the population that changes and it's, mm-hmm. it's nothing to be ashamed of you didn't choose to become a slave it's but it's a it's a it's an alienating um Thing to subjectivity, and so what 
Boy Cheshire is doing with these things is basically saying like, well, no, we're going to be glorious African kings in this strange land and and we can just eliminate this horrible part. Mm-hmm. And like that's the conservative element of it. It's different from white conservatism, but it's still a conservative yeah. thrust. Yeah. Yeah. You have a quote. Oh, yeah, it was about the whole, <laughs> the, lazy, uh, the lazy political correctness thing. So he's at that meeting and Foycheja is going on about uh, expunging, expunging, and oh, yeah, the N-word. Uh, the N-word, he says, is the most vile and despicable word in the English language. I don't believe anyone could argue that point. And then um, me continues to argue that point. <laughs> and he says that uh, there's another, there are other words, like any word, words that end in S. Um, and then someone in the audience says this. Problematic, someone muttered, invoking the code word black thinkers use to characterize anything or anybody that makes them feel uncomfortable, impotent, and painfully aware that they don't have the answers to questions and assholes like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Problematic. Problematic. The whole book is incredibly problematic. I love it. But I think it, again, it's, if you go along with it, then it kind of addresses some of the problematics that were coming up. And that's actually, I I think, yeah. The use of the word problematic has become problematic because it doesn't use its definition, which is that this has something wrong with it and we can work through it. And this book is, I think, an example of trying to work through it. And that's why it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) So what we have is also two ways of looking at history. Hmm. Because Harmony wants to go back to slavery because Hmm. he feels like a slave anyway and he's... um, what he calls oppressed, mm. um, so might as well be in for reals, yeah, yeah, or sort yeah, of yeah, for yeah, reals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's the Cheshire guy who wants to just rewrite everything and we can be glorious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, that's the, yeah, actually, we should maybe talk a little bit more about Harmony because um, he's such an interesting and he's a very provocative character. He's a very mm. good actor. Very good actor. <laughs> um, so Harmony <laughs> is a guy in his 80s from the neighborhood uh, who in his youth, was in a bunch of really racist uh, short films that were, you know, probably like B-movies. Um, and he is the kind of instigating incident of the, uh, of, the, of, of, the, of the story when he tries to kill himself. And, and then once uh, me, Bonbon, saves his life, not because he saved his life, but just because he wants structure on the sides, he wants to become me's slave. Uh, which allows the, a chapter to start in this book. Um, they say pimping ain't easy, <laughs> but neither's slave holding. <laughs> because Harmony is a terrible slave. He's in his 80s. He has no real inclination to do any work. What he really wants is the certainties and the clarity in the structures that are around him. Because he knows he's, he's still oppressed, but he'd like it to be explicit. Mm-hmm. And he works, what is it, like from 15 minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes a day, and then he's napping. And, yeah. And he is the um, the lawn jockey we uh, we see adorning the copies of the books. <laughs> he dresses as a lawn jockey, <laughs> and a lawn jockey is a thing. <laughs> oh god! What's a lawn jockey? It's this thing. <laughs> it's a guy holding it's like a, a it's lamp. Like a, it's like a gnome, but um, oh yeah, it's not as explicit. Audi- on audio. My cover. Uh, no, it's it's much less there. racist on our cover. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's not that. It's like a depiction of the character. I know. But this is this is actually uh, an example of. Um, I was a stenciled. You can't really yeah. see it. Yeah. Got little golden shiny bits again. Mm. Great for the radio. Mm. Mm. Another thing that really goes missing is that everyone has all these like 
folded over pages and yeah. notes that with yeah. great quotes. Mm. And it's just, where do you start? Yeah, I was thinking about this when I was preparing for the uh, for the podcast today, and I was thinking I'll just note down some of the pages I think are relevant. And I was like, well, how am I choosing? Yeah. Um, because as we we're saying, there's not a bad page, mm. and of those not bad pages, there is about I'd say a third of the pages are, are pure excellence and genius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and every time we now try and talk about something like when you said uh, uh, mentioned harmonious suicide. Mm. There's we he comes out to that uh, he goes to that suicide because he inherited a volunteer job from his dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His his dad had a role because of his psychological skill, his commitment to the black struggle. He was a member of the community who was committed to talking down. Those often young black people from the edge of doing something foolish, and there was a name for this, and it was the N word whisperer. And, um, capital N, capital W. <laughs> capital N, capital W. Um, and yeah, so again, it's a, it's a, also another provocation because, of course, this is a, a phrase borrowed from like being a horse whisperer. So it's kind of animalizing, mm -hmm. animalizing the community, but also saying that in the circumstances of oppression, that is what happens. You become fucked up in your head and yeah so people who were freaking out uh from uh you know <clears throat> some something just yeah fucking them over usually around payday which i thought was interesting yeah uh and then of course his dad was good at it and he doesn't so think... they just yeah the community kind of gives him the responsibility <laughs> of being the new whisperer mm. because he's his dad's son and you were saying that he uses that That's why, that's why harmony ends up being... Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Every time we talk about something in this book, like we have to sort so much out because we will stop laughing. Um, <laughs> if not, because I think, yeah, I laughed for every like three pages and mm. it's so impossible to talk about this book without like, oh, I want to tell this, I want to recount this. Yeah. <laughs> There was this thing. Yeah, yeah. But even the suicide is... is yeah, after um, after he finds him there... He he takes his sweet time getting uh, getting the scissors to cut him down, the knife to cut him down, because he knew that like all black stereotypes, they just won't die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also he knew he couldn't die and not. Oh yeah. So nothing is treated like with reverence or respect, and it's no, it's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing that's sacred and holy, and we can't go there, and that's mm, that's mm. really refreshing because yeah. But also in in doing that, it's not like it's doing that um, flippantly. No, it's, it's not flippant at all. Going all the way yeah. and investing in it and committing to it and like just staring you in the eye and saying, "This is what I think about this," and like prove me wrong if you think I'm being if I'm full of shit. And that's what's really nice about it is again, it's like everything is earned. It's mm -hmm. doing the work. It also comes at a great time, <laughs> I think, where like a lot of. Um, mm. um, social justice warriors will will do that the virtue signaling thing and, and say that's problematic and then they'll leave it alone mm. and ignore it mm. we're here he points out the things that are problematic mm. and then he like he said mm. like he really goes yeah and sifts through yeah if you use problematic as the end of the conversation yeah. it's a mistake it's, exactly it's the start of well okay so why do you why do you think this is okay well if it's not okay then you start going yeah so i guess Maybe one of the questions I could ask about this book is, what do we think about this this story? This is it. It reminds me like a lot of I hate the internet in the way that it's about um, 
about something else than the story that it's telling. But I think this doing it does it in a far more integrated way. Mm. I think we, like, I think the movement of the plot is 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 more important. But at the same time, like, the you start off the story uh, with him facing his court date for bringing back slavery. So he's on his way to the Supreme Court, getting stoned, of course. Um, and then that's also comes up again at the end of the book. But he kind of slips out of that, and and. And I guess it's quite interesting to, to to comment on. I don't know. What do we think about this? Is is there significance to this plot? Is it or is it just a structuring to the, to device? To the slave plot. Well, to the to the overall like narrative of this book. Is the narrative is the narrative <clears throat> a thing of worth in this book? I think everything in this book yeah. is so tight and so well crafted that nothing could be removed without. No, but I mean, you don't it. obviously you don't read this book for the plot. Mm. It doesn't matter if he brings back slavery or not. It's for his constant uh, stream of consciousness yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and the way he thinks. But as Sarah said, it's so tightly knit together that. Mm. Yeah, I also think that the thoughts he's doing is like carried um, with the actions. Mm. Like every action leads to something new and mm. some new situation that he thinks about. Yeah. And just involved mm. in this like yeah, problem, yeah. which just like gets bigger, in a way, without yeah. being like concluded. Yeah, yeah. So it's like so I think it's it, really yeah, so important it's, that there is this like mm. movement in the book. Yeah, constantly. And yes. the crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah. So it's like so it's really integrated though, isn't it? So it's like yeah. he's has an idea, he tries something out, then it changes the situation. So mm. new ideas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's. Uh, it's very boring when the book is just universally liked around this table because it's just... I have no I'm critique. Exactly. <laughs> there, there's nothing. I mean, I, yeah. I'm just Everything it about it. Like, there's even a lot of, like, his farming stuff. So he, he runs the farm <laughs> after his dad dies. And it's just amazing. Like, I never thought I could be so into, like, Satsumas. Mm. Oh, yeah, Sarah, we were talking about it one day. Farming. And... I said that I really loved the language and you just looked at me and you said, I didn't know fruits could be that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and even like the love story with Marpessa, mm. um, the unrequited love of his life, who thinks that just because that she had she married a guy, had four kids with him and hasn't spoken to him for 10 years and got a restraining order against him that they're broken up. Like, <laughs> 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 that story is beautiful in its own way. There's nothing about it that mm -hmm. I can <laughs> criticize. Because <laughs> also there was always that there was also that injection of pathos into it. Like when the whole thing of like because she'd ended up getting pregnant early in her life, like that becoming such an organizing principle, even though it sort of limited what she was going to do, it also allowed her to kind of have a life in a certain way. And not maybe not ideal, but then ideal was never on the table, and that is fascinating and tragic and beautiful all at once. Because actually, what reminded this reminded me a lot of reading like David Foster was because it was just so dense, and and within that density, you'd always find like you're laughing and then kind of having your heart break a little mm. bit in mm -hmm. a sort of like constant like folding motion, and yeah. There's one page that just describes. Mopesa returning to Mies 
house means palm up mm. when she's pregnant with her second child, I think. Mm. And the child's father like beats her and makes her like rob jewelry stores. And it's just the page is just describing how she like grabs a fruit from the tree and mm. she's standing and the light from behind her like mm. lights up her hair and she looks beautiful and her water's broken and he takes her to hospital. And it's just you've been laughing at these like awful jokes. And then that happens and it's the love of his life and she's pregnant with another man's child and you just want to like rip mm. your skin off. It mm. hurts. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. I think definitely I could say that we've, yeah, um, <coughs> maybe it's taken us all too long, but I think we've uncovered a, ser- like a kind of singular talent in Paul Beatty, which is also what was frustrating about him getting the question, could a white person read this book? Like, no, Paul Beatty could have written this book. <laughs> And you did. And no one else yeah. could have done it because he is really good at writing. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what else? What can we say? Um, we've got the humor. <laughs> we've got the identity of the author. We've got the, how the story works. Who's the narrator? Um, this is a tough job. This is a tough job. Yeah. Like, like glowing pr- I'm, I'm not looking forward to writing the review of this because I, again, just saying like, you should probably just read this book. Mm. Um, we should also, summarize it. Which also, like, does, does it disservice as well? Because I want to be able to highlight stuff and I just can't. Exactly. Be- mm. And just say you should read it and then everyone can sit in their own rooms and read it and never talk about it because yeah, apparently it's impossible like, to talk uh, about. Mm. It's really a shame. Mm. <laughs> I was really excited to hear what you had to say because I was like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I everything that's going to sound banal, it's just... And that's the thing, like, it could so easily have been, like, either banal or insulting or um, or um, sentimental. It could have been mm. so many things, and it's just great and beautiful and funny. I guess this kind of gets under, like, a, a sort of paradox of reading something which is quite brilliant, which is that it's... is that you can't even remember what was so transformative and exciting about it mm. from moment to moment and you don't know what to do about that as a sensation because also it's so worthwhile but when it's this dense when it's this interesting what do you do and I wonder maybe like can we imagine someone not liking this yes someone without a sense of humour because you really need to yeah allow the jokes to or someone who expects more of a plot and like yeah. more of a structure in that sense I don't think Everyone would like the book. No, no and um, also the seriousness, or not the lack of seriousness, but that there's so much humor in it. Yeah, and it's so fast. Yeah, like yeah, the the beat of it is so mm. fast. So yeah, I could imagine people not liking yeah. this book. Yeah, um, I like the way that the beat of it's so fast because it's definitely like it, it is. It is the thoughts of a stoner that you're reading in this. Like that, that character is so developed as like he is. Slow to the world, but behind his eyes, yeah, he's going deep happening. into stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. He is... Um, Underachiever. Yeah. <laughs> um, not even. He's grown square watermelons. <laughs> I forgot they did that. He gets back with Montpessa. Her husband gets out of prison and he thinks obviously his husband the husband is going to beat him up or kill him mm. or something. And then he's like, oh, you're back together with a... I mean, I would be too if you grew so soon as like that. I mean, I'd do anything for like that kind of reaction. Mm. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe uh, maybe we could talk about like what this thesis of the book is. Um, I don't know if we can, if we can get into that. 
and say anything productive, but maybe we can try. I and mean, maybe I'll just cut it out if it doesn't work. Freeing yourself of your history. It's if not it's possible. Yeah, but that's actually not. If anything, it like points out all these positions that people have towards racism mm. and, and this black uh, experience in America yeah. today and like shoots them down for various reasons. Mm. And at one stage, he even says, I'd rather have Darth Vader be my dad because then I wouldn't have to constantly think about what... <laughs> what it means to be black now and if I actually want to think about it. Mm. Um, but also the nice thing about hand being cut off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Harmony? It's easier for him if he's actually is um, but at the same time he's a slave than just feel like a slave. And isn't it the same way mm. like it's easier for them if the school is segregated and yeah. you can't like and the bus yeah. as well. Or you imagine everything. segregation is taking place. Yeah. 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 That yeah, oh my God. That's the whole because like the whole thing with segregation was it was never like he was he never had the legal authority to enforce segregation in a town that no longer existed. Mm. But <laughs> he manufactures the illusion of segregation just like the, the, with the sign on the bus. Yeah, and that made everyone sit up and go like, "Oh shit, we could be segregated again." Yeah, mm. and it's great because he also refers to himself as a performance artist or a crazy person, and that he's fine <laughs> with the latter designation. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's exactly what uh, after they put the. The segregated bus mm. sign up. Uh, the Mapesa, the no, not the bus. Someone says uh, it's the signs people grasp at first, but the racism takes them back, makes them humble, makes them realize how far we've come, and more important, how far we have to go. On that bus, it's like the specter of segregation has brought Dickens together. Yeah, 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 and that is like super problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like saying, yeah, the response to the kind of. Foy Cheshires of the world that say, yeah, we can conservatively just imagine we're better than the horrible things that have happened to us isn't the same us. <laughs> um, isn't the same um, as actually addressing the problem. And that is <clears throat> fascinating and difficult. Yeah. Mm. And maybe if you feel the racism every day, but officially it's not there because yeah. we are all equal, yeah. it's much easier to navigate in if you can actually see that the racism yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Hominy deals with it so wonderfully. There's like this cognitive dissonance going on because at the, on the one hand, he's really into being whipped and he wants to feel that he's on the brink of death. And at the same time, he's like, I'm a thespian. This is my, this is my great acting skills. I'm not actually a slave. And it's, his ability to hold those two points is really interesting. And then that me hires a sex worker to win him. <laughs> yeah. And she charges extra for racial profanity. <laughs> Oh God! And he the... needs that, of course. It has to be racialized. <laughs> and he does actually present it in kind of a sexual way because he, he's like towards around Thursdays he'd like stop start dropping stuff in my lap, like hinting that it was time for a whipping. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I think what's great is that throughout the thing he manages to be the me character, the sellout manages mm. to be very. Uh, against all the stances on racism that he's presented with. But then towards the end, uh, we're given, um, he, there's a flashback mm. to a, a stand-up comedy routine yeah. where two white people are thrown out of the room by the comedian. Mm -hmm. And he feels uncomfortable with this and he doesn't say anything about it. Um, and he manages to to think, who is this we you're referring to? Like, this is our thing. Who is the, yeah. the what is our thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's because that, that's the thing. Because like, so the so the comedian is telling jokes to a predominantly black audience. Is a black comedian, and the the 
the shared experience he's referring to for the humor is very much a black experience. And when the white people at the front of the, of the room, who are the only black people there, are laughing, he throws them out. Mm. And as you say, me is troubled by this because, yeah, like the assertion, the, like the assertion that you have this identity, which is unassailable, which is, which, which is, is um, singular, singular, homogenizes you, and you lose your individuality in standing up to your pre- oppression, which is so many layers. So which up. to have in a book, which is also funny. Like you can find that in a serious book. You find that like in Tanahasi Coates or something. But find yeah, but you won't find it with a joke around it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, um, basically this, this quote really does the entire thing. So take it away. Sam. You'd rather be here than in Africa. The trump card all narrow-minded nativists play. If you put a cupcake to my head, of course, I'd rather be here than any place in Africa, though I hear Johannesburg ain't that bad and the surf on the Cape Verdean beaches is incredible. However, I'm not so selfish as to believe that my relative happiness, including, but not limited to, 24-hour access to chili burgers, Blu-ray, and air on office chairs is worth generations of suffering. I seriously doubt that some slave ship ancestor in those idle moments between being raped and beaten was standing knee deep in their own feces, rationalizing that in the end, the generations of murder, unbearable pain and suffering, mental anguish and rampant disease will all be worth it because someday my great, 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 great grandson will have Wi-Fi, no matter how slow and intermittent the signal is. (laughs) And that's why this book is good. It goes there, it stays there, it makes you look at it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I kind of, I was sad when I finished it because I wanted to keep reading. Mm. It was just wonderful. Fortunately, he has a set of unexplored works that we can <laughs> go back to because he didn't win the Booker Prize until 2016. Okay, and, great. And he's been writing since the 90s. So for the next six months, the podcast <laughs> <laughs> shall be <laughs> very silent. <laughs> we will be happy readers. <laughs> And then we just go, it's good. It's also good. Yeah. <laughs> Check. Okay, guys. I mean, yeah. So I guess maybe for the last time this year, I'm going to go around and ask, Paleka, would you recommend this book? Yes. Expand. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, because it's brilliant and because it's... Because even though you're not like black or American, it like, and it gives you a glimpse into something or like approach to the like racist problem mm. that I like haven't experienced before. Mm-hmm. Like it's really not that it gives me information about mm. things, but it just like, it's still the same yeah. in like, what do you call these? Equals. The same, <laughs> yeah, the same kind of racism, but in, in another setting in a yeah. way. And I just think that's so rewarding to read about. Yeah. Especially when it's funny too. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah. Gio? Yes, absolutely. But it's so frustrating because I think it's the best book I've read this year and I can say nothing about it yeah. <laughs> except that I think everyone else should read it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would also definitely recommend it because it's funny and even though it deals with these very serious issues, it's it's never preachy. Mm. It's always a great story mm. and a great read. And the book, it explains what I also like about it, it expects something from the reader, right? Yeah, like, yeah. F- keep up first and foremost. Yeah. And like he's not going to dumb it down for yours. Exactly. And I love that. Mm. Like, yeah. he takes the reader seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Because that's also not patronizing either. Yeah. Right? It's just like where, because um, sometimes it's like, no, no, you won't quite understand this, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'll expand it anyway. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's both like giving you all the tools to follow along. Yeah. But you have to use yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely would recommend this book um, to everybody. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, a singular talent of that kind of craft uh, in putting sentences together and making them tell you a lot about the world and experiences that you don't usually have access to. And you care about all these characters. Yeah. Mm. Even the cartoonishly. <laughs> even for drawn. even the dad. Even the even even even, even SK me. Especially <laughs> especially harmony. Especially harmony. Oh, for harmony. For harmony. Oh, the horses as well. Anyway, um so, um with this I'm go- well, we haven't really we're, we're taking next month off. Technically, it might be a bonus <clears throat> thing that remains to be seen. But mm-hmm. we'll be back in February with a new Arc Audio Book Club. Yes. And Sarah will have picked the book for that. I, you yes. Want to tell us a little bit about that one? The book, uh, which I have not read yeah. uh, or prepared <laughs> for at all at this stage, is How Should a Person Be by Sheila Petty. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. And it is a novel. It is a novel, but it's kind of, it's like leaning towards autofiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I was hoping it would be a self-help manual. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, we'll make do. <laughs> oh, great. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, February's coming fast. And thanks for coming like, along. Thank you. And... <laughs> Actually, yeah. this oh, comes no, out. Oh no! Wait, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah. <clears throat> it comes out after Christmas. <clears throat> Fuck Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>